Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by Fourth and Dude. Brought to you by Boston College 24-7 and Armchair All-Americans, Season 3, Week 11. It was more like suck accused on Saturday, as A.J. Dillon and the Eagles set a school record, racking up 691 yards, en route to a 58-27 victory. The maroon and gold overcame some bad turnovers and an early 7-point deficit, before outscoring the orange 34-3 in the second quarter and never looking back. BC improves to 5-4 on the year and 3-3 three and three in conference, and are now just one win away from Steve Adazio's sixth bowl in seven years. On today's episode, we'll discuss how right Matt and I were about cues this year, talk dude or pood, and get you ready for the showdown versus the Seminoles on Red Bandana Saturday this weekend. Matt, what a performance we saw up north last weekend, just shattering records left and right and exposing the orange for the complete frauds that I think we all knew we knew that they were. Uh, I don't love you throwing in the, you know, congrats to Steve Adazio for getting six wins on this calendar. I was stating but... a fact. That was a fact that I stated. Yeah. I didn't say congratulations whatsoever, okay. Matt. However, okay. I think he's the only BC coach in history to do that, so something to think about. Yeah, and this is probably the worst ACC I think that that BC's ever been in. But neither they here nor there. In the Big East, that was garbage, and then before that, they were like independent. So I don't want to hear it. Okay. Well, before we get into everything, uh, today's Q's recap is brought to you by our friends at My Bookie. Matt, we are sadly now in the back half of both the college football and NFL regular seasons, but there is still plenty of time to get off the sidelines and get into the game with My Bookie. My Bookie is the premier place to bet on all football action every weekend, always with the most up-to-date lines and most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at My Bookie. Whether it's parlays, teasers, props, futures, live bets, they have everything you need to make money on the weekends. Best part is if you join right now, My Bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to use on all your best picks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt, you had last Saturday circled on your calendar for like 11 months. Is it safe to assume you bet your house on the Eagles to come out and throttle the orange? Matt, I have so many thoughts, and I don't. I really don't know where to begin. For anyone that's been following for, I guess, ever since last year, you know, I was pretty high on Syracuse last year. I was, uh, you know, I thought Eric Dungy was essentially the, the, you know, second coming of Donovan McNabb. And I think we saw it on Saturday, Matt. He, Eric Dungy should you know, be elected, he should be inducted into the Syracuse Hall, Hall of Fame for what he did last year. This is an awful, 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 awful football team across across the board. Defensively, you know, goes without saying, we, we had our way with them on, you know, our offensive line completely overpowered. Their front seven 
their uh, their D backs got lost in coverage. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I haven't seen a, a performance that dominant in the Steve Adazio era for sure. And probably anyone at BC in you know at least against a Power Five opponent, I, I've never seen anything like it offensively, Matt. Well, yeah, offensively, you're right. Dominance-wise, as we'll talk about uh, as we get into the Florida State preview, but I do think the Florida State game, 35-3 to from a couple years ago, is certainly up there. You know what? I'll say all the bad things I do say about Adazio and how boring it has been. When you do look back, he has like a significant amount of blowouts. The Virginia win at Charlottesville, I think two years ago, was another one where it was a you know 30- or 40-point game. So I have a lot of gripes, rightly so, with him, but... There's at least that. I'll say bottom line is two things. One, we are still a very good football team, despite how atrocious we looked against Clemson. And then two, Syracuse was exactly who we thought they were. Despite all the preseason accolades, Matt, they were ranked at the start of the year, like which I think I just <laughs> forgot about. Like Matt, What did people expect was going to happen? Matt, they received a vote to win the ACC. Or two it's votes, amazing. Two amazing. votes from, from credentialed sports writers right. to win the ACC Atlantic this year. Yeah, it, it, I don't get where they get off. They, they were so bad on every single side of the ball. I mean, we see this happen all the time where coaches have one phenomenal year because of a transcendent player, and then they just kind of go back to being nobodies, and this yeah, is where Syracuse it's, belongs. It's a lot like the Lamar Jackson effect, right? We saw what happened once he left Louisville. He, he saw the warts that he covered up. I think it was the same exact thing with Dungy you know, last year, and it wasn't that hard to figure that out. He bailed them out of so many situations, and um, it wasn't really a, a coaching thing. And, and I don't want to give, you know, throw too much shade on Dino Babers. He seems like a great guy, and by all accounts, is a great coach. Probably just having a down year, I guess. But you know, there, there were countless examples of Dungey just putting the team on his back and willing this team to victory. And when you take that very, very important piece away, this is what happens. You, know, you have Tommy DeVito, who you know, by the way, didn't play that bad, but you know, their defense is such that they need an offense that's going to be putting up forty plus points a game. And they're just not capable of doing that this year. I mean, we, we saw, I remember, it was a few weeks ago, or I guess a couple months ago at this point, when they played Maryland and they were down 44 to something at halftime, right? And uh, I remember you and I were, were together watching the second half of that game, but it's like, holy cow. People actually thought the Syracuse team was going to be good. And I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but we saw, we knew exactly what this team was. This yeah. Dungeless Syracuse does not scare me. It never has scared me. We've always had their number unless Eric Dungey has been back there. So, uh, yeah, I think they, they were exactly what we thought they were. And it's just everyone else that doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, I agree. And it does feel right, you know, to be on the correct side of history there, which is great. I think the story of this game clearly for us starts up front. We have the best offensive line for sure in the ACC, arguably in all of college football. And combine that with two of the you know best backs in the country. And it's just it's good night. Uh, 691 yards of total offense, which is a BC record, as you mentioned, 496 on the ground, which I think was like 22 shy of our all-time record, but 414 combined from Dylan and Bailey, just absolutely outrageous. I mean, there, there, you know, I know there, there was a lot of, uh, you know, fear of this is the last year of Dylan, which it will stink if he does move on, but having someone like Bailey waiting in the wings is a really nice feeling for, you know, how this program will look as we continue to move forward. Not to mention the fact that the entire O-line is back next year, along with pretty much all of the offense. Yeah, the, the line, I think, you know, returns just about everyone next year with the exception of John Phillips. So that's obviously huge. And, and the, the size of those holes, you could, again, you could put me or you back there. And I think we'd have a pretty successful day on the ground. I'm not taking anything away from uh, from Dylan and Bailey's ability to, to just ram over people and, you know, get to the second level. And, and you know, they're gone from that point. So, you know, I, I, I think, this game was sort of the perfect recipe. This is what a coach, you know, Steve Adazio offense is predicated on when, when everything comes together. And we saw it against NC State. We saw it against Syracuse. 
when uh, you know we have an offensive line like this and we're playing inferior opponents, we will dominate 100% of the time. And uh, and again, again, it throws it, it puts into question, you know, what the hell happened against Kansas, which we're going to ask ourselves that you know every day till till the end of the year and probably years to come. Yeah, many years beyond <laughs> that. Yep. <laughs> but you know, when this team's firing all cylinders. You know, this is this is the type of output they're capable of, and and you know, I I have a, a pood that's sort of a corollary to this, but a lot of people don't like this style of play. But I don't know, Matt. I, I had a pretty fun time watching watching these guys on Saturday. That was fun football to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I actually think that was going to be. I got to look through my notes, but I think I was going to have that as a dude as well as having a great running team. I'll just I'll get to it now. I used to think that the most fun football viewing experience would be a West Coast offense or you know Big Twelve that throws for a thousand yards. But I got to tell you, watching your guys just bowl over defenses at will. I think that we were we were at nine point two yards per play. I mean, that's like as good as it gets, right? Yeah, and you saw what Dad said post game, right? That was the pro- one of the, one of my favorite quotes he's ever said. He uh, the first thing he said to the silent reporter after the game was, "Yeah, you know, we ran the same play about forty times." Right, <laughs> right, right. We said that when we were watching. We said that that's going to unfortunately that could get clipped and uh, used against him in a negative way if we have a <laughs> you know frustrating loss where we do not have this line or this running back and we try to run it into the line, you know, a hundred straight times like he's done in the past. But for now it worked and it's awesome. And again, it's, it's, you know, like the green Bay Packers power sweep. If they can't stop it, you, you, you know, you keep running down their throat. So I loved it. And again, just, you know, to go back to the line, Zion Johnson has one ACC lineman of the week. It feels like every single week, he's a true freshman. We've got Vrabel who is, I think a redshirt freshman. I don't think he played it all last year. Petrula is still young. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Steven oh, Dazio. We, we style got a of Lindstrom football. brother who's not bad. We got now. a Lindstrom brother, yeah. And there's probably I assume, and then by the way, like there's recruiting class coming in. We got Pine and Mahogany, mm-hmm. I think are their names. Which like, I mean, you can print the shirts just on that alone. There's <laughs> lay the wood. Uh, lay the so wood. we have a lot of good things that are that are happening right now. And and you know, I think that I'll say I'll I'll, I'll you know jump on how you mentioned a little bit of a poo to people aren't happy with this style. There's a lot to complain about with the BC Athletics Program, BC Football, Steve Adazio, et cetera. This is not the the week or the time for it. Uh, I think you just got to enjoy when this team has a performance like this, a, a really an all-time performance against a conference opponent. Everything we could have asked for. And, you know, yeah, sure, we can still sit here and take a step back and debate the merits of a you know, eighth, ninth, tenth year from Steve Adazio. But right now, let's just enjoy what what we watched. And hopefully we have three more or four more when you count the ball um, of these types of games coming up the rest of the year. Yeah. And just getting into the, some of the details of the game itself. You know, the, that first quarter was a little scary, right? We, we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Obviously, we had those two early turnovers that to this, you know, historically has not been a uh, a good trend for a Boston College football team to go down early. So the, I think they were down, what, 17, 10 at, at the, in the first quarter. And then uh, I think I said this in the intro, but they put up 34 points in the second quarter and uh, and the rest was history. So, you know, give them a ton of credit. And, and by the way, I mean, this Syracuse defense, obviously they had 10 wins last year. You know, it's not it was not it was a you know solid football team last year and they returned a ton of players on defense. I really don't know what happened. Obviously, that was saw- the most confusing part. We said that during Maryland as well. Like this was I think we you know, you and I looked at this and said obviously DeVito is no dungeon. He's going to take a huge step back. But the defense was really I think what all the pundits and stuff like hung their hat on too. They're like even if DeVito is just fine, the defense is still going to be really good. So I I have no idea what happened. Yeah. I mean, you don't know if it's just maybe the offense had him off the field more last year and and you know, if you're only on the field for half the time, you just physically can't look that bad, but yeah, it's it's night and day and I mean yeah. obviously I love it they were above average last year and they returned over 70 percent of their defensive production um and that front seven who has uh I think it's a couple of DNs that they have 
that have their sights set on the NFL that are thought to be potentially next level players just got absolutely manhandled. I mean, they didn't go near Grossell whenever he dropped back. And, you know, we talked about the wide open holes in the run game. And, you know, this this line, it, it, it has to be one of the best in the country. It's the best I've seen. And we've had some good ones, you know, going back to, you know, the early 2000s, even the Matt, the Matt Ryan years. And even the secondary, they got that guy, Cisco, who's preseason All-American potentially, definitely All-Conference. And they got burned on the play action by, again, a preferred walk-on sophomore quarterback on three separate occasions. And, you know, we don't have the best receivers in, in the country. Well, maybe we do with, with, we with do. Zay we and, two and, the and best, Kobe yeah. looked. Yeah, and, and Hunter Long, too. Um, but, you know, despite those early turnovers, these guys turned it on, had six straight possessions where they scored touchdowns. I mean, these guys were absolutely unstoppable against, again, a team that, you know, was, was solid last year. And, you know, obviously, you know, things have changed this year, but everyone's saying, Hughes is garbage, whatever. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Yeah, they have three wins this year, but you yeah. know, this is a team that, that <laughs> has heck, some talent Our thesis has been how bad they are. What's going on here? Well, I'm just, I, I want to give these guys some credit. I mean, we, we dominated a Power 5 opponent. It's sure. not like no, no, we no, dominated that, Let's Howard. be clear. This, 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 this performance still deserves all the accolades that it's got. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If you set records, you set records. And again, you know, to, to the points that we've been making. But this defense is still the same defense that, you know, basically throttled us last year. I think, what, what do we, you know, we put up one in the in the teens or the twenties or, or whatever, but we got absolutely blown off the field. You could argue that there was some kind of quitting going on. It seemed like during that game, which was obviously not the case here. But yeah, no, I mean it's it, I think it's all the credit in the world. I do want to give credit to the defense as well. The tackling was much cleaner. Overall, a good performance. They had that first drive where they went whatever eighty yards and, and gave up a touchdown, but like sixty of those yards were on a complete BS call where Devito basically <laughs> threw ahead of the line of scrimmage. They reviewed it and somehow they didn't turn it around. So if you ignore that, it you know it wasn't that bad. I think we tweeted it earlier in the game, as did all of BC Twitter. But you know, pretty much, uh, well, here we go again. It's going to be another you know hundred point game. But that's just not the case. They actually locked it down. I think that we had a lot of ghosts of of the Clemson performance, but. Again, this is not Clemson. No one else that we're going to play is Clemson, not even Notre Dame. They're not even close, as we'll touch on once we get into the courtroom. But yeah, bottom line, I think the defense has gotten better every week, especially if you you know ignore what happened in Death Valley. But they've gotten uh, you know more short up. The schemes have looked a little better. The tackling's been cleaner. Guys have been in the right spots. I think we're giving the right people chances. And again, I think it gives me a lot of confidence going to these last three games, where if you asked me, you know, after Clemson or certainly after some of the earlier games in the season, I'd say, yeah, Florida State will hang 50, Notre Dame's good for 100, and even Pitt will put, you know, 45 up on us. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, they got burned a couple times in the secondary. DeVito had a pretty good day, at least statistically, right? But that's to be expected at this point. And they do have, you know, they have some, some solid skill players, right? So, I'm not all that concerned about that. I like what these guys did up front in particular. They held these guys to 3.7, uh, 3.8 yards per carry, uh, which is which is solid, right, for for a team that, that can put up points. And uh, three sacks on the day, Matt. Two by Brandon Barlow. So, I mean, that's absolutely ginormous. Their line was, was pretty brutal. I think it's probably – I think they've given up the most sacks in the country, potentially. So it's nice that our guys are finally getting in on the action there. So hopefully that's something we can keep going next week. Well, we should. If you look at the if you look at the top sacks in the country or whatever, Florida State is near that as well. And if right. you especially look at it over like the last four weeks, their sacks per game are are astronomical. So we saw how bad their line was last year, and I don't think it got any better. And and would be even uh, a, a bigger benefit if they have quit. But I don't want to spoil all the Florida State talk just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably does it for Syracuse, right? I mean, at the end of the day. We went on the road to the Carrier Dome, which is a tough place to play against a team that won 10 games last year. 
A ranked football team at this a, at earlier in the year, Matt. A ranked preseason football team. Yep. We beat them by 31 points with a backup quarterback. And our you could argue our, our uh, best defensive player, McDuffie, on the bench as well. I don't think anyone would have would have budgeted for that midseason or predicted that preseason. So when well, you think of it except for you and I, because we knew how bad Syracuse was. Right. I, I'm talking about the general public. This okay, was a, right, this was fair, always right. a we're the sharps, right? This we had always marked this one as a W, right? Right. right. So not, nothing to complain about. People are still complaining. We should have won by more. Cuse, you know, this team beat Q's by this many points. But you know, if you're going to have any issues with with that performance, that you know, again, set the program record for most for most yards in a football game. Then uh, that's a U issue, not a BC issue. So yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. The only complaint I have is I don't love all of the slander that you're throwing my guy Denny's way. So I'm going to segue right back into due to the week. Look, I know that you keep calling him a preferred walk on as kind of a slight to Syracuse, but this guy is a good quarterback. Period. Uh, I think that this was a complete coming out party for him. 195, three touchdowns, which on the yard number doesn't jump off the page, but so much poise, eight of 10, no mistakes, great under pressure. He had this, uh, again, a couple of gorgeous deep balls in the play actions. And then the pass over the middle, I think it was to Kobe, where he sat in the pocket and got absolutely drilled through to the last possible second, was like a, a professional you know, level throw and, and level of poise. Absolutely in love with this kid. Uh, I do like Denny Dimes as the nickname. I, I like where you're going, though, with the whole pancakes. If we want to do Denny Flapjack, something like that, I can work with that as well. But that's kind of, I guess, a more of a TBD. Overall, I think we're going to have a, a very strong quarterback competition at camp next year, which is you know wild to say because I obviously love both of these guys. But either way, it's a good feeling to know we're going to be in great shape with whoever – um, you know, comes out of camp with the ball next year. This guy is, I think, a superstar in the making. And, you know, similar to, to leaving the reins in Bailey's hands when Dylan leaves, when Tony Touchdowns ultimately, uh, you know, leaves the heights, I, I love that the program will be in this guy's hands. Yeah, this is why we should should coordinate these segments pre-show. I have I have word for word written down what you just said. Um, I mean, it, it bears repeating, so I love it. That's good. You should repeat it. Yeah, I, and, and you hit on all the key points. I mean, Part of me is worried that that we're falling in love with a quarterback with a career completion percentage of forty one percent. I don't know how it's so low, by the way, because every time I've seen him throw the ball, it's it's always you know spot on and it always gets completed. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, I think he but, was like one for a hundred against Clemson, but we're, yeah, which, we're not going to talk about that game. Which that hurts, but yeah, total QBR. I think you mentioned this total QBR in ninety nine point eight first Qs. Not bad, pretty good there. And like you said, he, he understands his role. And I I also wanted to point out too that. This guy, Denny Pancakes, he just, he loves he craves contact, Matt. He loves getting hit. He's, he's a football hang, player. He's he knows a football that, player. Yeah, he knows that his line and and you know if we had one qualm against Tony touchdowns is that you know he didn't always uh, take advantage of the time the O line gave him. He didn't always go through his progressions. While Denny doesn't have the same talent that that AB did, I think that's you know almost an upgrade from that standpoint. I mean, we don't have again the five star uh, wide receivers that are going to get you know constant separation. So, but we do have Kobe, and, you know, we got, we got Zay. If you give those guys enough time, they'll get separation. And uh, I love the way he hangs in the pocket to the last possible second. It kind of you know, scares me a little bit because it looks like it's going to get, you know, he's going to he fumble or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, it's great to see that he just, he has to know he's fearless back there. And I don't know where he, where he learned that. It's pretty rare to see that at the college level from, you know, his third or fourth start. So, um, like you said, I just... Well, it's only going up from here, and I think he certainly has a long-term shot at, at winning the job long-term. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the other guys in the QB room, but excited about him and Bajakian sitting down in the offseason as well. And, you know, no question, he's, he's going to be a great option going forward. I like Denny Pancakes. That's that's what I'm going with. Okay. It's, it's, it's good. It's not bad. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I don't know, Denny Pitt, because you get it, because it's a wrestler, it's the pancake. Oh, I, I get it, yeah, I okay. fully get it. No, I, I understand it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, if you were to tell us how positively we would feel about Denny Pancakes, the player, and the nickname, I guess, but if you were to tell us this, at AB's injury, and then, you know, midway or, or during the Clemson game, I think we would all, you know, say that say that we're insane. So the resurgence that he's had has been, I don't even call it a resurgence, because he obviously came from nothing, but... The way he has shot up, I think the hearts of BC fans has been just awesome to watch. And again, I now have so much more confidence going to these last three games than I thought that I would have both after Clemson and after Louisville. Yeah, no question. All right, let's get negative real quick, Matt. And I, I don't want to harp on this too much because and I do this probably every, every other week where BC Twitter, the, the fans, you guys listening, probably not you. If you're no, listening yeah. To us. Let's be clear that you are you are casting a wide brush here, and that is not fair. I agree, and, and chances are, if you can suffer through this show with our positivity, then you're probably not someone that goes on Twitter and bashes these guys uh, needlessly. But I'm I'm just I've had it up to here, Matt, with all of all of the fans that are just so negative and that are you know actively rooting for losses and uh, so that Daz could get fired and you know that I mentioned it earlier but you know fans that say we should have won by more or this this offense is archaic and outdated even though we just set the program record for most yards you know the fans that that this week it was fans that were saying oh I wish we were more like Florida State and Syracuse that you know made some coaching changes in response to the team not playing well. It's it's stuff like that that just that just completely just really fires me up, Matt. My favorite one of all, and, and this one is just nonsensical. But the people that say, "Oh, well, think about what this coach could do with this much talent on the roster." Think about what you know. It's almost like you know these guys just fell into Daz's lap, and he had nothing to do with recruiting them or developing them, or you know he's not a, a key reason why they're you know so many of them are in the NFL right now. I'm just I'm so sick. I don't even go on Twitter anymore because I'm so sick of it. Well, that's just not true. I still go on Twitter quite a bit, Matt. <laughs> But uh, they, they are driving me nuts, and I wish I wish everyone would just shut up and let this team win. And uh, we got a real shot at, at eight-plus wins this year, and just, just enjoy the ride. Why are you doing this? What's the point? Yeah, that's kind of that. – I'm with you. I do think that a large part of being a sports fan, and maybe you and I don't feel this way because we're you know Boston professional team, so we haven't had a lot to complain about. But a big part of being a sports fan is complaining about your team, and that's natural to feel negative about it. But you have to pick your spots. I would have – not nearly as much of a problem if this was after Clemson, certainly not after Kansas or even, you know, after Wake or Louisville, but you just got to know when to take a week off and to give it up. So there was, a, I saw a lot of this going around on Sunday morning and yesterday morning. And I, I think there were also a lot of people, you know, who were putting them in your, in their, in their proper place, which is, which is obviously good to see as well. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that the mindset of, ever rooting for a team to lose, which I don't know if they would outright admit they're doing, but that's like so skewed. I would understand it if it was maybe like, all right, you're in a bowl game and it's very clearly on the table. If we lose, he's out. If you win, you know, you're in, then maybe I can see it. But with four games there, you know, yeah, four games to go, including one against Notre Dame, including one against Florida State, the fact that you're ready to, to throw that away is takes another level of, of crazy in my mind. So hopefully none of you listening are, are doing that. I don't think you are because I do think, Matt, you're painting it with a very broad brush. I think often the most negative are the loudest. Um, so, you know, again, I expect a, a great fan performance uh, at the Heights on, on Saturday against uh, State. I agree. And, and, and again, it, it probably is just a few people that, that talk loudly and they got nothing else going on. But I just want to put that out there. Just shut up. If you're listening, you're one of those people. Just shut up. 
Okay, fair. I'll keep it negative as well. So my pood, nothing from the game itself, obviously, but just have a lot of things that I need to address. First, Matt, us for missing last week. This is the first time in three seasons we had a work deadline get in the way. That will not happen again. With that, we didn't get a chance to talk about Clemson. It was an absolute awesome weekend for our group. We had, I think, 15 people down there in our house, but then we met up with, you know, multiple other groups of people. Met a lot of you guys down there, which was which was always awesome. We nailed the tailgate. Like, that's just a huge credit to us. We had the red bandana tablecloths. We had the tent for the rain. Bojangles boxes. I mean, we, we legitimately looked like adults, which was cool. Um, but big, I do have the, a, uh, the big F-150, I'll tell you. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the like avalanche, tr- right? There's nothing like driving a truck down south. There's absolutely couple nothing of, like a it. Couple of, a couple of BC flags. It was, you know, the, the maroon and gold cops table it was five stars um but a few poods and comments to mention as well first martin not coming by the tailgate i thought that was just bush league at away games he always comes by different tailgates we were literally in the best slot right by the stadium with i don't know at one point probably 40 different you know bc fans like it was the tailgate and he wasn't there so that's a bad job um the performance obviously we were awful you know at clemson but we're on to fsu so we're not going to talk about that and then I'll just have two comments on the uh, Clemson experience. So it was a very cool game day experience, but it almost felt like almost bizarro world, uh, almost cultish. Before kickoff, Matt, they did, by my count, a God Bless America, then the Pledge of Allegiance, then a group prayer, then there was like a, a, a Go Clemson statement, and then it was the anthem. It just is was a, a lot. This is an anti-America poo? No, no, no. no. I'm, not saying, I'm saying this is not a poot. It was just, I think it's worth mentioning. There was a lot of things going on there. It just was very bizarre world, and I do feel like they were a little ham-fisted with all of it. I think they were playing into their stereotype. I'll say that. Matt, I am just trying to reconcile your comments here with the fact that when they did Howard's Rock and the you know exciting thirty most exciting most exciting thirty seconds in football, uh, you you were visibly crying, had tears in your eyes over. You know what? Here's what I'll was. say, and I you know I had a feeling this was going to come up, so let me just address a couple things. Matt, it won't come up if you stop crying. You cried at Notre Dame five years ago. Now you're crying. You again know what? At the next first of all, game. I think that I tr- so first of all, if we go to if we go to Wake Forest next year, you're going to cry there. I'll say that I am a very uh, I, I love passion. I love uh, when people you know a large group of people get excited about stuff. So I love seeing you know whatever sixty seventy thousand people get so jacked up and these people have nothing else going on in their lives i don't know if that's a mean thing to say but clemson is, clemson is clemson is is what these people have so seeing that energy and that passion go into it as a passionate guy myself i love to see that so you know what sue me matt sometimes after you know 100 beers and you know it's it's which i did have uh the emotion can sometimes get the best of me i'm probably going to cut all of this out but that's neither here nor there no this is electric keep going I don't want to go off on another tangent too, but I think the fans were very, I'll say, quote, nice and friendly. I also found it kind of patronizing because I feel like they knew that we were just like a pathetic opponent. And, you know, in Florida State's a bad example because Florida State fans just are like the absolute worst people in the world. But I think like when Texas A&M goes there, they're probably not as like warm and welcoming and oh, welcome to Clemson, y'all. Hope you have a good time. All that stuff. I just think it was a little, again, a little ham-fisted, a little playing into a stereotype. Not quite a pood, but it's just, I, I... Felt weird about the whole thing. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Um, the only comment I was going to add, I mean, obviously we had, a, we had a heck of a day Saturday right up till about 7.30 p.m. Um, Matt, try to drive the, uh, the the truck out of that tailgate. Let me just say, and you weren't in the truck with me, I don't think, but the entire road, like the road systems in Clemson were, were shut down. Yep. And there was no way to get back home. And it was the most confusing hour of my life. It was pouring rain. I kind of liked it and, and like, you know, 
if I if we ever go back, I'll kind of know what what to do next time. But it was just lawlessness out there. There were people driving, and there was like twenty kids piled in the back of one pickup truck. And um, I don't know. The South is just a wild place, man. It doesn't get much better than the South. But no, we had a great Friday night. We hung out at the Esso Club, met a ton of Eagles. Or I think we met a hundred percent of the Eagles that were down there, which was seemed like it. Yeah, yeah, it was like a hundred of them. But uh, you know, we had a great time. Met a ton of people. We taught some youngsters how to play uh, slap cup, which is wild. They're not playing that in the dorm still. It's we taught job. some old, old folks how to play Thunderstruck too. We they're still talking about it. Yeah, and, and and you mentioned some of the Clemson fans. I mean, some guys were awesome, and the tailgate scene down there is unreal. You know, you the the flat screen TVs, and you know the Clemson fans were coming over saying, "Hey, why don't you swing by our tailgate? You can watch the end of the Oklahoma Kansas State game." That was cool. Um, so we made a ton of friends down there. We had a great time. So looking forward to uh, to making a return trip at some point. Hopefully, when we're more competitive. Right. And then I, I do want to echo what you said about the road situation. So you were driving. I was waiting for an Uber. The Uber situation was was even worse because not only could the cars not get out, they couldn't get in. Um, and then, Matt, I'll just say that I think that you're not the best driver. Um, I don't know if I'm putting this under a pood, but if you remember at Bojangles in the morning, you had to you know basically pull it out and, and uh, do like a 10-point turn to it get the space. It was a big truck. It was, it was a, it was and, a and huge I'm, truck. I'm on record saying I can't handle a truck that big. I need like an F- What's whatever half of F1? I need an F75. F-70. Yeah, exactly. Math guy. And then uh, you may or may not have uh, driven and knocked over a post when you were trying to park um, in the tailgate lot. So I just think a couple that things was, that need to be mentioned. That was just because I was so excited. That was just pure. Fair. We just got there and I was like, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run something over. Often and, when I get excited, I too forget to put my car in park and it's actually in drive. So the that's, P looks just like an R. So <laughs> okay, or, an, an F, or I guess. I don't, it's a D yeah. with a little thing coming out of it. Uh, Matt, let's, let's move on here. All right. So two more other little quick boods. One, we'll talk about it in a bit, but the red bandana being a noon game because we didn't want to do it against Kansas. All-time backfire on more than one level. Um, you hate to see that. And then a huge pood having to play an interim coach this week. Couldn't they just have waited like a single week to fire him? This I, I hate the interim coach bump as we'll, again, talk about in detail once we get into the uh, Seminoles preview. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's, uh, let's keep this moving here. Uh, I have a dude, Matt, that's off the gridiron. Uh, I want to talk about Kai Bowman for a little bit. Please. He has been absolutely lighting it up in the NBA. He uh, he cracked the starting lineup for the Warriors uh, past couple games, and he's averaged 18-6-6 and in two starts, including, you know, willing, this, willing the, uh, the undermanned Warriors to victory over Damian Lillard and, and the Blazers in a huge victory last night. So great to see that he's already, you know, making making moves in the NBA. We saw that coming. I mean, he was obviously electric last year, but just had no no support. Uh, so he was obviously the focal point of, of defenses and had to fight through double screens or d- double teams, etc. So um, excited that that he's lighting it up there. I will say on the flip side, Matt, we are going to stink this year. I don't know if I agree with you. I don't know Matt, if I agree with you. Matt, we won five conference. Was it five conference games with Bowman? Sounds about and, right. And I, I don't want to say it. I know everyone's high on this freshman class as, as they are every year. Everyone always talks themselves into it every year. Matt, there's no chance we win more than 10 games this year total. Not conference. There's no there's no chance we win more than 10 games total this year. Nor is there any way we'll keep it remotely close with any half-decent team uh, in the ACC. Well, I don't know if I completely agree with you. I also think that I love starting with Wake Forest uh, on Wednesday night. So it's we're going to lose by twenty, and I don't I don't know how good Wake. I don't Forest think that's is. true. I don't think Wake is good, and I think getting a uh, starting one oh, and one and in the they ACC almost, is nice. Yeah, they're they terrible. They almost lost Danny Manning. They're they almost, terrible. They should have fired Danny Manning. I actually think we'll be. I think we'll be. We'll be good, but we'll 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 see. I think if we'll we be win fine. One I think we'll surprise game, some people. It'll be tomorrow if we win one conference game. We're going to win more than one. This is, we're not going to go Owen conference again. You got to, again, have a little bit of belief. The transfers are good. Uh, Jairus came into his own in the offseason. Our 2015, our 2015 team had uh, 
Didn't didn't have Jerome Robinson. It did, Matt. But so we're, we're worse than 2015, and we won zero games that that year, and we have the same coach. So I don't know, Matt. I, I don't I don't want to go too deep because it's you know season hasn't started yet, but. We all know how we closed last season, and again, we lost our best player, we lost our second best player, and everyone's talked themselves into this freshman class being good, again, as we do every single year. Fair. Okay. I disagree with you on the overall point, but I agree that there but is a lot of hype right the, now. The that dude is that there. Kai's playing great. Yes. So. <laughs> Not to get sidetracked. Um, all right. So my dude is also off the gridiron, also for a winter sport. BC Hockey is breaking out 1960s throwbacks for Friday night's game. Same exact logo as we're all used to at this point. It'll look very similar to the football seasons a lot of ways. So the revolution is fully upon us. I predict that basketball will have one this year with the same idea. And then the you know we'll be in full overhaul mode this offseason. I think it's a virtual lock at this point. Football was kind of the the pilot program. Everyone said this is awesome. Now we're going to transition it onto the ice, onto the, onto the hardwood, the other big BC programs. I think it's just a matter of time at this point, which, again, I, I love to see. I think we've all been waiting for for a very long time. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I think MJ – is, is starting to hear the music a little bit. I think that there's no better time than the present to break this st- type of stuff out. Everyone wants it. It's just a matter of when is he going to give it to us. So I think we're starting to see him crack on that a little bit. So so more to come there. Okay, what's after this segment, Matt? Are we, are we, gonna, are we ready to head in the courtroom? Uh, I got a couple quick Eagles in the wild, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. All right. So first, I want to give a shout out to Mikey Walker. Got the starting kick returner, punt yes. returner job for the for the ja- for the London Jaguars. Just you got to love to see that. We talked about it, but we ran into his dad at the Clemson game last year. Just a great guy. So all aboard the Mikey Walker train. I know he was fighting on the practice squad for a little bit. So seeing him get you know up in the bright lights of Wembley Stadium is is very exciting. And then, Matt, we had Survivor. We talked about Survivor uh, a couple weeks ago. We now had a girl from the BC class of 2014 featured as a charter guest on Below Deck on Bravo last night. So I do think <laughs> that deserves a shout out. No spoilers. Uh, yes. Didn't I tell you about that? I broke uh, that news. Yeah, I, think, I saw I think the you break that news. Because yep. I, I frequent that show uh, more often than I should. Yeah. So looking forward to that episode, Matt. Good one there. Who, who, what are the chances? Both Below Deck and... Uh, survivor within the it's same a, It's month. a big year. And, you know, it, not an eagle, but you do have to give a, a rest in peace to Rudy Bosch, Rudy Bosch, uh, one of the original Survivor fan favorites from the first season. Died at 91 yeah. this past week. So I didn't know who that was, and that's why, once he explained who it was, that's why I didn't know. Is that Richard? Is that the guy that, that won it the first no, year? No, he came in, I think he came in third. He didn't come in second. Uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck came in second. Nope, you're in the complete wrong continent. Um, I think her name was, I want to say Kelly, but I, that doesn't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, right. she did but, the whole snake thing, right? The well, she was the, the snake. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yep. Matt, See, let's, yeah, Matt, come let's on. Move you on. got this. Let's move on. Okay. Um, all right. I have a uh, Eagles in the Wild doesn't really fit the, the rules here, uh, but I did, I didn't really have anywhere else to put this, Matt, but get this sabermetric. Uh, we've talked about this previously, but I can't, I went through the box scores and double checked my math just to make sure I knew, knew what I was talking about. Matt, we played nine games to date so far, right? Of those nine games, we've started with the football nine straight times. That has to be a record in and of itself. But get this, Matt. Of those nine times, and this is going to fire up the the run-run-pass-punt crowd. You guys can shut up, too. Of those nine times, the game has started with an A.J. Dillon run eight of those nine times. I mean, why not? Exactly. And I think we saw Saturday. That's exactly why we do that. So, but anyway, the, the point is, and we'll have to look into the, uh, the stats department for this. There, ha- there's no way this has ever happened where, where you've done, you've got a full season of starting with the football. I mean, what's yeah, the, it's what's like, I don't want to jinx it. I don't that? like that you talked about it. Cause I don't want to jinx it. I want to go full 13 games of starting with the football. 
well, at this point, why why wouldn't you, right? And I'm, I'm thinking the opponent will probably like to receive in the second half. So I think it's... That's why it happens, because I don't think anyone ever... At this point, everyone, again, like we talked about, follows the Belichick methodology of you win the toss, you uh, kick. So all of our opponents are doing that. We are not. We're fading the public, which sometimes works. So I think we're going to be able to do this every week. Although I will say this. I mean, you saw what our offense did on Saturday. If I'm Florida State, I don't want BC starting with the ball. I mean... Because uh, no one can stop us right now. So, I don't know. We'll see. This is a streak that has to add because you know, you're the math. Can you do the permutations? What's 50% times 12? Uh, well, it would be, yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's a really, well, it wouldn't be times 12, Matt. It would be 50 to the 12th. That's what I said, right? Well, you said times 12. That would be easier math. That would be 6. 6%? No, no, no. 50% times 12 would just be the number 6. Got it. So, it's yeah. it's rare that this is happening and I just want to bring awareness <laughs> to it. Um, so, yeah. that's my okay. eagles in the wild. Okay, awesome. Let's uh, let's get into the courtroom here. Let's keep this quick because we do have a lot to cover with the Seminoles. Yeah, sounds good. All right, court is in session. All right, so the first one I want to bring in, again, we already talked about it a lot, but can we officially just give Syracuse the death penalty for sucking? I mean, they're as they're guilty dead. as... Yeah, okay, good. Matt, they were dead preseason, and now they... Uh, they're just they're they're de- it's double, well, they were it's frauds preseason and everyone knows you're the fraud guy so you found God, that out. i i i kind of thought that they were they were dead they were probably dead after maryland at the very least so yeah i think we're trying them i think it's a double jeopardy situation yep no i think that that definitely makes a lot of sense and then coastal chaos it's unlikely uh on the permutation front there's i think eight thousand different ways this the standings can end with the 13 games that remain in the coastal but still a chance that all teams end four and four which would just be amazing and i think everything that we've wanted out of the coastal for for all these years and it just bears repeating if boston college played in the coastal we would have been in the acc championship like at least five out of the last 10 years no one ever talks about that it's is it isn't it wild that people are talking about how great of a coach Pat Narduzzi is, how great of a coach Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall is because they win seven games in a, in a terrible conference. Yeah, we we've had, literally, we've had, we've had a, a national championship contender every single year pretty much between either Clemson or Florida State for the last 10 years. It's incredible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to trade. I like, I like our division. I know a lot of people talk about you know, alignment and realignment, and I'd be, I'd be, that'd be interesting, right, to, to play you know the Northeast teams to bring back you know playing Pitt every year, stuff like that, but... I kind of like the division we're in and, you know, when it's down like this and obviously when Clemson's Clemson, you know, you're not, you're never going to win it probably, but you know, we have a chance to, you know, ups to to have some quality wins every single year. We have a tough schedule and, you know, we play teams like Florida state, we play teams like Louisville and um, I don't know. I kind of like where we're at, but it's certainly more exciting. I mean, it's more exciting from a, from a, from a, you know, ticket perspective and going to watch again, going to watch a Florida State game. Yeah, exactly. I I would agree with that. Yeah. So I mean, think about the lack of buzz on campus when we're playing, you know, NC state or, or not even that, even, you know, wake forest, go, go lower than that. All of the programs in the coastal virtually are, are lesser than that. Like just UNC coming to campus. With the exception of Miami Miami and and Virginia tech, obviously. So um, speaking of Virginia tech, I do want to bring awareness to that game. That was a game I was watching pretty intently. Obviously they, they played Notre Dame at Notre Dame and they, uh, they were 17 and a half point dogs and they had the lead until very late in that game. They ended up losing by one point, which I think for us is best case because I agree. Yep. Virginia Tech hung with them. So Virginia Tech's you know pretty good football team. We beat them, you know, handling in, in week one. That's a, that's a, you know, win that's looking better by the week. And then uh, Notre Dame is still prime for the taking for us to knock off. So Right. And as, a, and as a math guy, again, I know it's a gambler's fallacy, but at the same time, 
there was no way Notre Dame was going to lose at home to both Virginia Tech and Boston College. So I'm kind of glad that they did not get that upset out of the way now because they're still, you know, right for the picking. And also then that game still will mean a little bit more. You know, beating Notre Dame is beating Notre Dame. If they're unranked, it doesn't matter. But they win that game. They're still, I don't know what the ratings came out this week, but they're still probably floating around 15. I think they've got a free win uh, their next two games. I think it's, I want to say it's like Duke and then someone else not great. So they'll be, you know, still top 15 or, or even higher by the time we go in there. Right, 100%. All right, last thing on the agenda here, Matt. Uh, obviously, a big showdown in college football this weekend. Uh, Bama, LSU, who you got? Uh, I like Bama. I just, I, I think that I hate it. I, I hate you, Bama. Money transfer there. Well, I hate, I know, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I hate Bama. I just, I, I, I know not to bet against them. Okay, so everyone knows I went to LSU online. Go Tigers. On um, route to my CPA. So uh, I am an LSU guy through and through. They are six and a half point dogs. I think when the line first came out, I will be putting a lot of money on Coach O, Joe Burrow, in the money line. I think this is the year it happens. They played him somewhat tough last year, at least defensively. They held him in check. And this year, LSU has an offense. So uh, I think this is the year. If, if there's going to be a year, it's, it's got to be this year. Yeah, fair enough. Go Tigers. Um, all right, we got 20 minutes left. Let's uh, close courtroom and then talk Knowles. All right, courts adjourn. Let's talk Seminoles. All right, so before we get into FSU, today's Knowles preview is brought to you by our good friends, our new good friends at Manscaped, number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools to protect your family jewels. Matt, I told you we would keep this in the male genitalia sector, and I'm, I'm glad I lived up to that promise. Guys, we all know we're staring danger in the face anytime we need to clean up below deck. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer for good. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nag or snag anything it shouldn't manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past they also have the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer which i'm sure we could all use whether we're playing in the game or watching a fourth quarter barn burner from the sidelines get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com always use the right tools for the job your balls will thank you matt i'll tell you what wasn't harry our win over syracuse last weekend we expecting more of the same out of a deflated Knowles team when they come to chestnut hill on saturday Matt, that that ad read was very detailed and descriptive. Uh, yeah, it was. And um, I just I feel like I'm right there with you. So, um, <laughs> I I don't know what the question you asked. Okay, no, let's just move on. From, why don't you, give, why don't you give me your Why don't you give me your Florida State fun fact? Uh, okay, yeah, fun fact. All right, so this is not really pertaining to Florida State um, anymore, but it was at one point. This was one of those rumors that was true for about six hours, as we talked about. Florida State fired Willie Taggart on Sunday, so everyone's been covering the coaching carousel. Who's going to end up there? In the uh, as of last night, the hot tip was that Bob Stoops was headed to FSU. Uh, Matt, obviously, Bob Stoops won a championship with Oklahoma back in 2000. Matt, did you know that there's currently five active head coaches with Natties? Can you name all five? Uh, Saban, Dabo. Uh, we can count like BCS. Oh, uh. uh uh, UNC, Mac. Yep. Uh, yep. What's you his two name? More. What's his full name? Uh, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Thank you. Uh, you got two, two more. more. We played one of them already. Uh, we already played one. Like we played the team or the coach? Yep. Coach. That I haven't mentioned yet? Oh, Les Miles. Yep. And then can I get a conference on this night? Or can I get a general age bracket? Uh, Old? 69. I think he's 69. Okay. That feels it's, like just it, a made up number. It's, it's Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo. Ah, okay. There you go. Makes sense. Uh, that's, that surprised me. There's only five, but I guess that's what happens when you're in this era and 
Clemson and Bama wins it every year. Hey, by really the way, and by the way, Bob Stoops on the hot tip was down at a Dan Marino fundraiser for all the FSU Twitter that got their uh, selves in a tizzy that they saw. Oh, is that what uh, set it off? He was at an airport it, or something? Yeah, yeah. He was down, down in, in somewhere in Florida for Dan Marino's party. So I hope he obviously doesn't go there. I certainly hope they end up with another Willie Taggart. No, I think it's, it's already we'll been see. debunked. I think he's already stated. It has, it has. But you hope that there's not another, you know, Mike Leach or pick some other big name coach. You hope it's uh, someone else that everyone is disappointed. Well, in. no, they're going to get someone. I mean, they sort of rolled the dice with with Taggart a little bit, right? So you figure, you know, they're obviously open up the wallet. Sure. And they're going to get a proven name. So we'll see. Um, all right. I think that's fair. My fun fact. So FSU's film school is ranked 19th best in the country. So I'm glad they can do one thing right semi-academically. That's, uh, by my math, 100 times higher than all of their other schools uh, within the university combined. They are not the brightest team on our ACC <laughs> calendar. I'll just say Matt, that. Matt, how many astronauts? Um, I actually didn't really look it up, but probably none unless they were like – I can't imagine there's, there's any you know what, you know what, maybe, maybe like you know how sometimes they let like a dog or a monkey go to space, like the animal? Maybe they got that from – maybe they got that like from a Florida State classroom because I think pets can can take their classes and be fine. That's funny, Matt. Thanks. All right. Uh, let's roll into the next segment, which is the Florida State uh, pop culture or whatever. You whatever. Guys know whatever segment you want. Is. Who cares? Let's just get this over <laughs> with. Um, my first uh, Tallahassee Florida State pop culture pick, Matt, is T-Pain. Did you know that T-Pain grew up in Tallahassee? I'm not sure if the T stands for Tallahassee. I don't think that's the case. Um, but I did note that he is from Tallahassee, which is where Florida State is located. He's saying, uh, buy you a drink. He did. So that was kind of on my list. So I'm actually not going to mention it. I had another T-Pain fact that I won't mention in the because I only have four. So in the event that you take any of mine, I want to be good. My first pick, uh, Sabre, the company that purchased Dunder Mifflin in the office, headquartered in Tallahassee. Uh, of course, the CEO is Joe Bennett. I think the later seasons of The Office get a bad rap. I'm a huge Robert California fan. Once he mm. leaves, it's not. It's the last season's not great. Um, but the Robert California season, which he technically is the, uh, he ends up as the CEO of Saber. He talks Joe into taking his job or taking her job. Uh, but I think the, the plot, Robert California season kind of sucks. The plot kind of sucks, but it like, does. But still, it's still funny. There's still yeah. some good scenes. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Right. Um, all right. So that's my first. And then my second would be um, The Truman Show. It was a great movie with uh, Jim Carrey. That was filmed on the Florida Panhandle, about a two-hour drive from Tallahassee. Just, a, I think it's a really good movie. The town looks nice, uh, which I didn't know the Panhandle had any nice towns. So that's good for them. Yeah, I got a, a movie about the election. It's called Recount, the 2008 2008 election, obviously, with, with George Bush. Nope. Um, yep, George W. Nope. Bush. Yep, so you're right about that. You're wrong about the year. 2008. Nope. Well, that's what Wikipedia said. Well, maybe the movie um, came out in 2008. But yeah, the yeah. movie came out in 2008. The election okay. was 2004. 2000. Are you sure? Yeah, the, you, that was a big deal, Matt. It was a big deal in this country. Yeah, I'm doing the math. Uh, George yeah, Bush, Al Gore was Bush's first term. It was his first term, okay. Yeah. Because he ran against uh, Al Gore. Else. The Hanging Chads, if you remember the Hanging Chads, that was a whole thing. Matt, can we start over? No, you're good. Okay. All right. Uh, so the HBO movie that came out in 2008, it seems like a long time to, to make. That uh, Maybe the 2008 just isn't actually a real year here, Matt. Wikipedia, um, man. But in any case, they shot the that movie um, about the Hanging Chad in Tallahassee. Um, my next pick is Jake Owen, who I believe, I didn't look this up, but it's a fact that I think I have in my brain. Jake Owen, who is a country music star. Uh, played golf at Florida State, and he shot a music video for the song Yeehaw at one of the uh, Florida State campus bars. 
Yeah, so that was on my list as well. Uh, so now I do have to default to the T-Pain fact. So you mentioned T-Pain's from Tallahassee. He also filmed the music video for the uh, hit, the, the mid-2000s hit, Take Your Shirt Off on campus at FSU, specifically on Frat Row. So, I don't know that song, and I, I, I know that John. Is that, that the, is that the, oh, maybe I'm thinking the little John. You're thinking Petey pa- Pablo. Or Petey, oh, man. All right, North so maybe Carolina. I don't know the song. Yeah. No, so. that, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. that might, that is Carolina. the one I'm thinking. Yeah. I, my, my stats is, are correct. I just don't know the song I'm talking about. Yeah, also, that would have worked. North Carolina, that we should. Did we mention that song when we, when we played uh, NC State? That would have worked. Well, I think that's more to the Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill region. Well, it's the Raleigh. It's it's the goal song now for the Carolina Hurricanes, who we all hate oh, on this program. But they're yeah. in Raleigh, North Carolina. They got a pretty good team this year, huh, Matt? I don't know if that's true. The Bruins do. Sure. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think. Do it's you have any more? I think to you, talk football. That's it. Oh yeah, no, that's it. Okay. Uh, the only one I had on my list here, Matt, is it's when uh, Florida is a state that Ben Affleck's mom goes. Um, in the town tangerine and, yeah and ben affleck is, is always talking about going to tangerine he buries yep. the the tangerine in the garden claire finds it and she knows now that ben has has you know gone to florida so um that one was obvious yeah no i, I had it on my <laughs> list too i'm glad you said it first all right let's move into tailgate ability so i'll start my weather report it is freezing cold in chestnut hill on saturday kickoff at 38 degrees feels like 32 tailgating starts at 28 degrees but feels like 20 yikes all the way around it's i think good for the bc football team terrible for the Knolls, terrible for their fans it's kind of so-so for our fans i feel like there is an element especially if it's like early in the season where it's kind of fun to have like that real real football weather but at the same time being outside for for seven hours with beers in 32 degrees is not ideal i'm going to be wearing all of my underlayers i'm taking them all out of my ski bag and ready to rock still a sunny day big name opponent Red bandana bump, but again, like we talked about, a huge waste that we're doing it today rather than just do it on the night game we had on like September 10th. We tried to get cute and do it for a Florida State game that you know was was always going to be noon. So that's unfortunate. Overall, I have mixed feelings that, on that because if we had lost to Kansas during the red bandana game, yeah, but uh, we don't. We don't lose that game because it's the red bandana game. You don't lose the red bandana game. Yeah, I probably agree with you, but that's a that's a big risk when you play someone like Kansas and you potentially lose that game on red bandana night. I I don't know. Fair. I mean, I, I disagree with you, but I, I, I think, again, that would have been nice to have that win in our back pocket and be sitting at 6-3 and three right now. Overall, I'm going 20.2 Bud Lights just because it is going to be so cold. This would be nice to be on my couch and watching, but I'll be... I'll be there. I'll be in the mods and I'll be or on the mod lot and Brighton all day. So I will be weathering the storm with uh, with everyone else. You're going to this one, huh? I'm going to this one, Matt. We did talk about that one. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'll be there. Nice. We'll say uh, say hi to uh, to my bros in uh, in Brighton. See him there. Cool. Yeah, great. Uh, you covered everything that I was gonna say. I mean, obviously we're running out of ta- how many tailgates we have left here. Uh, no names away, pits away. This is, this is, away. Day. This is the just, last one. This is the last one. Yeah, you know what? So I, Matt, I forgot about that when I was giving my score. I'm going to amend it to twenty two point two. So Matt, this is the last tailgate. You got to leave yeah. it all on the field. Obviously, it sucks. It's it's a it's a noon game and all that, but this is what happens when you're five and four and Florida State's four and five. You're going to get a noon kickoff and um, is what it is. Uh, to your point, it's it's going to be chilly, which always uh, you know brings the score down a little bit. But it's a great opportunity to get a big win against a marquee opponent. I will say, just being in the presence of Florida State fans is just a miserable experience. That yes. knocks it down a little bit more. Uh, but red bandana game. I mean, there's no better cause than the red bandana game. So um, I got 24.2, and uh, let's get let's get a win here, boys. Uh, so with that, let's move it into the football here. Obviously, as we mentioned. Tallahassee is in a, in a bit of a uh, 
transition phase right now with the firing of Willie Taggart after not even finishing his second year. So, you know, they're four and five on the year, three and four in conference. They haven't had the, the season that they were expecting. They haven't had the season they were expecting in a long time. This is a team that has issues across the board uh, on both sides of the ball. And it, again, it's it's a great opportunity for for the for BC to get a win and to uh, to get that six win on on the uh, you know and get into bowl eligibility there. So, I mean, you guys stay on target for a second. I mean, the the rumor was that you know his buyout was what sixteen or seventeen million, a humongous number, yeah. Because they had and, to also pay the Oregon buyout, or they were still paying that off, I guess. Yeah, they're paying like three different buyouts, but the, but the rumor, I think it was confirmed, is that. You know, essentially, the uh, the athletic department went to a couple donors and they said, "Hey guys, it's uh, it's time. Can you guys fork over twenty mil and uh, and we'll make the change here?" And uh, and they did. You know, twenty mil arrives in the in the bank the next day, and you know, I guess that's what happens when uh, when you're Florida State. It seemed like Taggart never really had control of the team. It wasn't really a good fit. They had, uh, if you remember, week one, they uh, collapsed against Boise State, and Taggart said that it was due to dehydration. Um, and it was just a lot of weird issues like that. You know, they weren't playing good football. You know, they have good players on that team. They, they, they've always recruited well. And, uh, you know, I think it was it was obviously time for a change. And now we got this this interim head coach, Odell Hagens. Yeah, his name. I, I, I hate it. So he's been with FSU for, for 26 years. He was the previous interim head coach after Jimbo left and he went 2-0 and in that period. The players absolutely love him. They will play hard for him. They, you know, he'll be able to get the most out of them, I think, from a motivation perspective, not necessarily a scheme perspective. But I, I hate that this happened overall. The interim coach bump is absolutely a, a real thing. And I think it just is coming at the absolute you know, worst time for us. I think it could go either way. I think that yeah, I think you're right. I think if Taggart had stuck around, we kind of saw what happened in 2017 when those guys came up to Chestnut Hill. Jimbo already had a foot out the door to A&M and they completely quit on the air. And it seemed like that was going to happen. It seemed like Taggart's firing was inevitable. Um, so I think I was expecting that same thing to happen. And now you throw this variable in. And yeah, I think it could flip the other way, potentially, especially the guy's a lifer. He's sort of a, uh, you know, he seems like a guy that's can get guys ready to go, which is Florida State's problem. Again, the talent's not the problem. It's, it's you know, getting the guys hyped up and, and executing well. There were a couple of highlights uh, that I saw against Miami last week where the, the D-backs of Florida State just quit on the play. And right. uh, it was pretty clear that, that they needed a change. So uh, I think you're right. I think more often than not, it, it could flip the other direction. But again, this is a Florida State team that's you know used to winning 10 plus games a year. And the fact they're sitting four and five, they still they still may be uh, you know not fully fully yeah. invested. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a must win for them uh, in order to get bowl eligible. If you assume that they lose to Florida in the last game of the year, they need to beat us. And then I think they have. I feel like they always have like a late season cakewalk uh, before they go to their Florida game. So it's kind of a must win for them if they if they do want to get back to a bowl. I mean, I'll say despite all of the, I'll say off the field stuff, they've been in a tailspin. On paper, they have had a somewhat similar year to us, at least in terms of results. If you go game by game, they beat Cuse and NC State by a comfortable amount. They were killed by Clemson. They had a very close loss to Wake Forest. They did beat Louisville, which is more than we can say, but then also lost to Boise. And then they leaked by uh, UL Monroe in overtime. So I'm just saying, I know that they are deflated and they just got you know murdered by the U, which you know absolutely pretty much ended their program, you would think, for the year. But this is by no means a, a walkover. And I, I want to... I, I, I certainly don't think on Red Bandana Day and playing Florida State, I don't think the team... Our team will will be you know any shy of motivation, but they need to come out of the tunnel you know treating this like a big game because if they 
sleep and it's uh you know they're 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 not ready to go i do think florida state could uh could surprise us here so i i trusting daz to get the boys ready and i think red bandana game you know will will help us yeah no question i mean we remember the the florida state offenses of years past when you go back to the Jameis winston days i mean these guys have obviously a ton of talent um tamori and terry we know better than anyone how good of a receiver he is. He's, you know, been one of the top guys in the ACC this season. And obviously he was the culprit in, in last year's debacle um, where he had the, the winning touchdown um, in the last minute there. So, you know, on that side of the football, that's obviously something I'm concerned about in the passing game. They've been rotating Hornybrook, who's the Wisconsin transfer, and James Blackman. And, you know, it, it seems like they've had moderate success throwing the football. The run game seems a little bit less stable obviously they get cam Akers, who you know was one of the top recruits a couple of years back and you know everyone puts him in conversation i don't really understand why but they put him in the same conversation as dylan um at least from a talent standpoint and I, i'm not sure if i'm reading this correctly matt but but they got absolutely stuffed by miami last week uh they averaged 0.8 yards per carry right in the football that's not good at all and the offensive line allowed nine sacks to uh, to Miami defense that you know certainly isn't the Miami defense we've seen the past couple of years. They've taken a step back this year, so um, it starts it, it sort of starts and ends their struggles again, which we've been saying for you know three years now with that offensive line, and they're they're not able to uh, to you know establish themselves in the trenches, and you know that leads to uh, to turnovers and you know not being able to to uh, to get the run game going, and the pass game suffers. So. I think there's a blueprint out there to, to how to beat this team. It's just a matter of our, if our guys can execute it. One thing I do like is that Isaiah McDuffie, it sounds like he's coming back and he's fully healthy. So I like this to be potentially a coming out game for him between him and Max Richardson, uh, you know, healthy together for the first time out there. They could certainly do some damage against this line, get some pressure. And uh, so we'll need it too, because our D-backs, I, I do think they've improved. Right. Um, but we're going to be severely outmatched from a skill position standpoint uh, yeah. on that side. No, I would I would completely agree. I think this is this is all going. I don't want to say it's going to come down to upfront, but we can make this Saturday much easier on ourselves if we can get the pressure that I think we've been starting to see. Again, you mentioned we had three sacks last Saturday. This O line is is as bad as it was last year, if not worse. And we saw it how bad it was last year. I mean, they're basically just you can you can you know blow on the guys and they'll fall over. So we do need to get a lot of pressure. I I think that. I still think that we are the better team and that we can win this game if it turns into a shootout. But for the sake of just stress on a Saturday afternoon, it would be much nicer if we can just get some pressure, have these guys quit and, and uh, you know, run, run all over there. Do you have anything else or you want to roll into predictions? Yeah, well, I guess just offensively, right? I mean, what else is there really to say other than let's duplicate exactly what we did against Q's? You know, we're, we're going to be ground and pound until they prove they can stop it. And then, you know, once we establish it, play action should be there. I, I see no reason to uh, to deter from that. I do think that, that Daz will probably have a couple of tricks up his sleeve. And I did want to mention this too. I, I meant to mention it up top in the Q's section. Man, I was listening to a Q's pod last week that kept going on and on about how uh, Adazio you know, runs his running backs into the ground. And uh, as part of his prediction for BCQ's last, or last week, he said that um, Q's would be able to hang around until Dylan got gassed in the second half. And, uh, I know we say a lot of stupid things on this show, but I mean, that's got to be the stupidest take. Yeah, that of doesn't all happen. Time. That just no, doesn't happen. Just, especially with Bailey. I mean, they figured out the balance this year and, 
you know, t- to, to transition, I, I, I think that's just the perfect storm is, you know, you got this two headed monster and this isn't rocket science, right? Everyone's everyone's saying this. It's it's not that complicated. We're just we're going to ground and pound. We're going to hit you in the mouth until your, your you know, secondary doesn't want to hit. They don't want to get, you know, come up to, to try to hit these guys. And then, you know, the rest is history. We've seen it against Q's. We've seen it against NC State. I think Florida State, while more talented than those teams, um, I think we can establish the same type of game plan offensively. Yeah, I, I, I do overall feel good. I think that the cold weather is going to help us. I think when we're talking about, you know, motivation, a team that is already in somewhat of a potential tailspin when they get off the bus and they see it says 25 degrees and, you know, they get that first crack in the mouth by our offensive line or by A.J. Dillon, I think it will be very easy for them to just say, you know what, F this, I'm ready to get my flight back to Tallahassee. So, the line opened at even. Uh, we've moved up to about two point favorites, depending on where you know you're looking at it. If you look at our last two uh, matchups with them, we were a one point miserable loss on the road last year. I think we all agree we had no right to lose that game. And then the year before was an absolute bloodbath, thirty five to three at home for us. I believe that was Red Bandana as well. So I'm feeling closer to the latter. The interim bump is real, and that does concern me. But there is still a lot of uncertainty. Like I said, I do think they'll quit at adversity. And again, you know, they have the interim bump. We have the red bandana bump, which is absolutely a real thing. Our defense is getting better and better by the week. Like I said, I don't think we can take this lightly. I I think that this is not going to be a a walkover, but I think we can still very comfortably take care of business. I'm going Eagles 45 to 13. Not too much of a stressful Saturday. We're going to put up a lot of points. We're going to score a lot. 45 to 13. Yeah, we're going to put up a lot of points. I think this is, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I think that... With how cold it is, I think that they could quit very, very, very easily. Holy cow. The cold temperature is, is our best friend right now, and the red bandana bump, of course. Yeah, Matt, I like it. Um, I'll just The secondary still hasn't won me over yet. You know, we saw Q's string a couple big plays together. Uh, obviously, FSU can do that, and then some with those big receivers. So, But this is, again, as you said, this is... There's a ginormous revenge. In addition to Red Bandana, there's a huge revenge game factor. Um, and it's also a must win. I think Daz is going to have these guys you know, focused on, on the task at hand here. When you look at the rest of our schedule, obviously we have Notre Dame on the road and Pitt on the road. And uh, Matt, those are those are games that on paper, those are going to be very, very tough games. I those think are certainly I both, a lot tougher than this. Yeah, this is certainly both, the easiest one we have left. Definitely. You and I both believe that we'll win those games, but, you know, we won't be favored. Uh, we'll probably be, you know, plus touchdown dogs, at least versus Notre Dame, and then probably pretty sizable dogs versus Pitt that everyone seems to love. So, you know, if we want to get to a ball this year, we want to get to seven, you know, plus wins this year. This is one we got to have. Eight wins. Um, eight nine wins. wins. Yeah. No, nine maybe, wins. N- maybe nine, yeah. Matt. Why not? Right. Um, so with that, I got 39-32 Boston College. Ooh, and, that's a little uh, hairy. It, Matt, it is. This is a, it's, it's, I'll tell you what. We got a backup quarterback. There's a lot of things that, that could go against us. Matt, he's um, a superstar. We talked about this. I understand that, Matt. But I don't think we have all, all of our issues figured out defensively. They're going to put up some points. We just got to put up more. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like at least two wins, which, which I think we'll both take. Let's hope that we're closer to my difference. I just, I'm tired of sweating out these Saturdays, especially in 32 degrees. It'd be nice. We can get out of there midway through the fourth quarter and, uh, find warmth at city side or something like that. Thanks again for listening. Let's hope for another record breaking performance on the Heights this Saturday. Again, despite the noon kickoff, it is still red bandana. It never disappoints. I expect plenty of fireworks, plenty of emotion should be an awesome day. Like I said, I'll be on Brighton and the Mod Lot freezing my Manscaped balls off all day Saturday. Wow. 
Yeah, it's a family show, Matt. Well, you know what? You gotta you gotta get the ads in. We have uh, we only have like ten koozies left after Clemson. We gave out a ton of them, but I will have them on hand. So if you happen to see us, definitely come by, say hi, keep your hands warm because the beers will be very cold. Uh, follow us on Twitter and the gram at Fourth and Dude for what's always a, a good content uh, from us. Credit to us on game day Saturdays. If we don't say if we do say so ourselves, yeah, no, I think it's been I think it's been great. Uh, thanks again to our friends at MyBookie and Manscaped. MyBookie.ag promo code chair Manscaped.com promo code armchair. And keep an eye out for plenty of great content FSU week for from our guys at Eagle Insiders BC 247. Just by far the best insider BC content there is out there. Matt, we ran into the record books last weekend, and I don't see our train slowing down anytime soon. I'm saying it. The road to 9-4 and four is officially back on. It's a dude alert, folks. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.